welcome back. Episode 101 of the Ranting Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Ring. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Brett. And the Rangers season has finally started. They start off one-on-one, home opener tonight versus Buffalo. They played incredible versus Columbus, whether you call it bad puck clock, two goals disallowed, bad second period. We're going to break it all down. But first, just want to let you all know to go to insidetherink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games and more. And yeah, let's get to it. And we are back. Brett, how's it going? I mean, a lot better than you and your geriatric ass team fantasy. I mean, for a guy that just incessantly for the entire week was posting your your the scoreboard about how you were beating me and was talking so much trash and you, and you wanted to do a bet, but then you wouldn't agree to do a bet, which obviously turned out to be a very smart move. But the only smart move of the week for you um fantasy wise was not betting me because uh to our listeners we we opened our fantasy league uh playing each other this week and and Berkey just got trounced as anyone would expect trounced. or two trounced last, oh absolutely the last day absolutely the last day oh. you went ahead oh no 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 i mean it, it was I, I was ahead on uh, after friday as well no as no well. friday i was ahead no, no, I was ahead on Friday, and then you pulled, and then you, and then, and then, and then you pulled ahead by one point on Saturday? on on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it was close till the end. It's yeah, but your I... top players played a goalie that hasn't sniffed the NHL. Your empty net <laughs> goal was Stutzler assisted by Kachuk. Yeah, well, that's why you that that's Carolina why you laid an egg versus that's... the Ducks. That's why you pick high flying up and coming stars, the, the 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 young kids who have already proven themselves, and you don't pick the geriatric old men who are just doing their victory lap in the league. I, I was That's why I'm changing my uh, team name to the retirement home squad. <laughs> you should, you should, you should. I mean, it's not like it, I mean, like it's not like you don't have good players. Obviously, you do, but uh, yeah, I we just were, by the I, way, I, we were the top three in total points. I know only one team would have beaten me this week. And that's the team I, when I looked at everyone's team after the draft, uh, Will Wright, if you're listening, I like your team. And I knew he was, I knew it during the draft because he sniped four players from me. And that doesn't happen in every other hockey draft I've done. I've done like six drafts this year. Um, I only get sniped by this. I only get sniped like once or twice. And that guy sniped me. He was right ahead of me in the draft and he sniped me four separate times and four separate players. And I was like, damn, this guy knows what's up. He's going to end up, he's going to be end up my, being my competition for this year. Cause everyone else league is going fucking down, including you. Up, anyway, I picked up way too many centers. I don't know what I did there. I remember during the draft when you were, I was like, he's picking another center. Why he needs, he needs wingers so badly right now. And there's so few good ones. Well, I got a few steals later in the draft, like Huberdeau. Like that was a good steal. Huberdeau, that was a good one. I, he, I was going to pick him. Yeah. Huberdeau, that's a good pick. He's going to have a bounce back year this year. Nages is, I'm sorry, holy cow. That was horrendous uh, this week. He, yeah. He didn't have a good week, but he'll be, he'll be good. I mean, and and Carolina, goal, but it was like, oh, great. You, you scored like three minutes left and like. I'm down by 40 because you decided to, you know, lay an egg the last game. And Brett Burns yeah. is still in the retirement home. He's hasn't even shown up for the game. And no, I mean, I knew that was, was going to happen too. Yeah, it was, it was horrendous. Ovechkin didn't even have a goal. I'm like, okay, you're old, but at least you used to score goals. Well, that's why I didn't understand why so many projections still had him as like a top 10, top 12, top 15 player. And then he doesn't. And then it's like a cycle every single year. But dude, it's it's. I mean, like Ovechkin. I got him is, in the fourth is, round, also though. He's so it wasn't yeah, like but, a, well, yeah, he didn't pay up for him like super high, but yeah, just yeah. I don't know. I just in general, it was in the fourth I, round. I, I'm like, I already drafted like three sentences. I'm like, I'm getting. I need a winger. I'm like, you know, what? I'll, I'll take Ovechkin. I'm like, you know, it's 
fourth round. It just, you know, I mean, I feel the same way about fantasy as I do about uh, if I was a real GM is that I'm not willing to pay up for aging superstars that maybe have another good year in them, you know, uh, you know, and actually I don't want to transition to Blake Wheeler, um, but I'm going to come back to Blake Wheeler on this podcast, but I do want to transition. I knew that before this podcast, I'm like, he's going to talk about Blake Wheeler. Yeah. We slow and ineffective and everything else. Well, we'll get, we'll, we'll get there. We'll We'll, get there. But I do want to transition away from fantasy into the real world. And I just want to send a message to, to, to any Columbus blue jackets fans out there that when you are a poverty franchise who in 20 plus years has made the playoffs a total of three times has won one playoff series once, and then immediately got trounced when you have a goalie who probably is only going to be in the league for maybe another year or two, who's an absolute sieve. And when you get outshot, you get doubly outshot in a game and your offensive possession time is that lopsided. And because this, right? Exactly. Oh yeah. I think it was, yeah. Two or three. Yeah. And you get, and you're sitting there watching a Vesna winning goalie who didn't play poorly at all. Like maybe one goal he should have had the rest were just like screens and deflections. Like those bounces go that way. And you have the absolute goal. So I'm going to tell a little brief little story. So we're sitting there at the game. It's me, my brothers, and my dad. And, um, you know, we're down like 5-1, 5-2. And my brothers were like, hey, should we leave a few minutes early, beat the rush out? And that way we don't have to deal with all these Blue Jackets fans. And plus, we don't have to deal with the traffic going home. And I was like, you know what? No, let me. I, you know, I don't get to see that many Rangers games in person. I was like, let's let's wait. And then literally like 10 seconds after that, they started chanting Igor. And I lost my shit. And I was like, how dare you? I would I would stomach that from from fans of real fan bases, you know, real fan bases of, of, of uh, you know, real teams that actually compete. But when you are like the perennial seller dweller and you've like never had any real hope, you've never put together a true competitive cup contending team in your entire history to sit there and boo one of the best goalies and cheer one of the best goalies in hockey was so out of pocket. And I literally have, because my bank is based out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, I have a Blue Jackets card. And I've always kind of liked the Blue Jackets a little bit. I root for them like a little kid brother Wait, sort of thing. Blue Jackets like, card? Like a debit card. My debit card oh, so is did Columbus you get, like, Blue Jackets. Did you get to get food and stuff when you went there? No, no. It's really? just that like, it's just like you can have like a regular Rangers green. You could do that. I No, my bank doesn't have a Rangers card. It has. It no, has no, I'm saying Columbus and you went to Columbus. Yeah, because my bank is based out of Columbus. So they have a Columbus Blue Jackets card. And I'm a hockey fan, and I do like the Jackets. You know, I mean, they've had a lot of players throughout the year, you know, including some Rangers like Rick Nash and Artemi Panarin. Um, you know, like, so, and, you know, they've never been good. So I've always kind of rooted for them, like a little kid brother that you're like, hey, I hope you do okay. You know, it's um, like, but the minute the little kid takes it a little too seriously, you're like, all right, just, all right. Just, I need to put you down. Exactly. Uh-uh. So I'm literally, I, so my, uh, my bank doesn't have all NHL teams. Obviously I have Rangers card, but I'm changing in my blue jackets card and they also have a Detroit Red Wings card. So I'm switching to a Detroit Red Wings card. Cause I like that. I like their young team. I think they're going to be good. The original six team and fuck the fucking blue jackets. I'm done with you guys. That chanting Igor was the absolute last straw for me and I will not accept it. So Anyway, that's my uh, little opening rant here. How are you doing, Berkey? So we had the first it's over moment of the season. Only took two games. Yeah. I mean, we had a 
we're, we're this team's going to the cup I, too. I mean, the like, season's like the over. It's like even though they lost versus Columbus, we could only dream of them having this type of offensive pressure in past years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we not even dream it was unrealistic, and now we're seeing it, and it's like, oh, every everyone, it's it's over. They're not playing well. Like there are so many. They took that uh, took away two goals. And by the way, the minute when Truba saved that goal. The rep automatically called it a goal. I'm like, how could you even call that a goal first? Like, wouldn't you immediately go and check? How there is no way you're telling me rest that missed the most blatant calls ever, knows minuscule, like the little small edge of the puck that's still on the line. Like, g- give me a break. Oh, he was, and because I was sitting at that uh, closer to that end too, and he was emphatically pointing it, and he was behind the net. I'm like, you can't tell from behind the net. If you were, if he was on the side and he could see the white, you know, from the from the crease in the puck, like I could see that. By the way, there are still people that still say it's a goal. Oh, the crowd when they showed the replay and you could clearly see that there the black was still in the red of the goal line. They they don't. They they were still screaming and booing, and I'm like, you guys are idiots. You guys are showing how how dumb you are as as Columbus Blue Jackets fans. You absolute morons. I like I, I was I was like, this is so sad. Because it's one thing, it's one thing to hope for it, and when you don't see the proper angle, be like, "Oh, it's in," because that's what you want to have happen. But once they showed on the jumbotron that the puck was still clipping the red, and you can't see white, because that's what you need to see. In case you're not sure if you're a newer fan to hockey, you like the Rangers. Just so people don't know, on a certain angle, you could see white under the puck, and it's kind of what is it called? They explained it one time versus. I remember it was a Calgary game a couple of years ago where the puck's actually on the line, but you look at it from an angle, you could see white and it's not an accurate, I I, I forget what it is. If you look it up on YouTube, you'll see it. There. Right, right. If, you, if you're looking at it from an angle, you can, it can be deceived, but when you get the goal line or when you get right, the direct right over, top of it, overhead, like, there, when no you get argument. the direct overhead angle, the, what you, in order, it has to fully cross the line. And in order to fully cross the line, you have to see at least a sliver of white between the black puck and the red goal line that is completely over the line if it's touching if it's still touching the red line and you don't see white in between the puck and the red line that is not fully cross the line and that's not a goal and that was very clearly not a goal Truba made a great play the ref actually kind of did us a favor though because that puck was still chilling in the zone and jesse was still not back in position yet from the, the dive that he made so he actually kind of did a favor because they could have pumped that in if he hadn't waved that as a goal right away unintentional though oh completely absolutely no that wasn't like you're saying i'm doing this goal because i know it's a goal not a goal and i'm doing the rangers a favor here no 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 no, he just inadvertently of the rangers give playing well 5v5 and they said i had enough (laughs) yeah Yeah. And really the two goals uh, getting called back, that was just so deflating. You could, and you could feel it in the arena. You could, I could see it watching the players that it was just like a deflated sort of feeling. I I was hoping it was going to go the other way, but they're like, all right, they just called back two two goals. Like we'll score another two goals on this crap team. Um, And honestly, you know, again, I I talk about this a lot, I guess that people are too results oriented when, um, when measuring or evaluating a performance, um, and I get it because the results are the only thing that ends up mattering. But if you're trying to like analyze how things are going, when you outshoot a team like that, um, when you dominate the offensive possession like that, when you don't actually give them that many high danger scoring opportunities, sometimes in this game, a lot of luck is involved. And and I said it to my dad, like at the beginning of the second period, I was like, 
that the bounces just aren't going our way tonight. This is one of those puck luck games where it's like not just the goals or the not goals, but it was like a guy would send a pass. It would carry him off a stick and then it would just miss our guy getting in and go to a blue jackets play. You're like, there were so many little things like that. And in a game like hockey, those bounces, when they just happen to keep breaking, it's like being in a casino and, and, and you're just constantly, you know, you're, you're, you're getting 11, you know, you're getting 11s on the board, you know, but then you get a, you, then you get a five and you're like, well, come on, you know, and it's like a string of that. And sometimes that's just going to happen in 82 games. You're going to have games where you can outplay the team and you're still going to lose because of just puck luck. Um, you know, and so I saw your tweet where you were like, just burn the tape and move on. And that's the right. attitude you really should have for the game. Cause, uh, it wasn't that bad of a game overall as a team. Like we, we were sloppy and could have played better, but it wasn't a disaster. I mean, yeah, like you're not going to come up with any normally two goals disallowed. I mean, it was actually three also because Col- well, I, I guess you'd call that. Yeah. Disallowed goal uh, in the first period. I, I mean, that's insane. Although going back credit to you, you said that Filipino would have a chance at second center. Now I never thought in my wildest imagination that would ever be, ha- that would ever happen. And should go on face criminal charges for not putting this line, even attempting this because. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they look incredible. Now I, I know last night, I've written no versus Columbus. It showed that they didn't play their best. Although I think it also, because of that, one of those goals disallowed. I, I never, I don't disagree with analytics. And I think it's a balance between that and the eye test. But when I saw the cards last night, I'm like, I, versus that game, I'm like I don't know about that. I, I thought they played a bit better than that. Um, okay, again, the second period was pretty bad overall. Schneider and Jones, I probably Schneider's worst game as a Ranger. I probably, I think so. Yeah. Take. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I, I mean, it is so rare when you look at the lineup and say, my biggest argument about this lineup is regarding VC and Pitlick. Like, I, I, I don't know the last time I've been able to do that. It's always been, yeah. no, that person should have been first line right wing. No, that person should have been second line center no that person should have been uh in the top four defense and you look at this line and be like i got nothing it's good it looks good my only thing honestly watching the game and and i noticed it so much more from because in the columbus game i was live at both games for people that didn't don't follow me on twitter i was at both the both the two opening games um but i was close to the ice uh in buffalo um so that kind of distorts your perspective on how you watch the game. But being higher up watching him, man, Benino cannot skate at all. That guy might be one of the worst skaters. I, like, I would love to see him and Ryan Reeves have a race around and see who would win. Because honestly, that guy has I have to trouble check, skating. But at least he gives, like, if you tell me Wheeler, like that, I could talk about. But like, with Benino. He's just slow. First of all, Benino, they're never going to let go. Because he's the only true center for a fourth line. Sure, Goodrow could be play center and all that. But Benino's the only true fourth line center they have right now and he does give you know he does play solid on the pk so they're not gonna yeah he's they're, they're they're, gonna yeah i mean no they're not and i'm and i'm not and i'm not yeah no i'm not suggesting they get rid of him either it's it's more of just like watching i was like wow that is a not good skater uh i'm always just i it always it always shocks me when i see uh, a guy that's played in the nhl for a long time and i'm like how did you make it when you're when you can't skate like that's amazing well, probably they're old. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, with Wheeler, I, mean, I would know I mean, my fantasy that's, team. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, you should. You should be very intimately familiar with that, yeah. But no, I mean, to back to your original point, I, I agree. The lines look great. Um, I, And during that game, I thought the second and third line were the best lines uh, of the game. The first line, again, I, I, I struggled more. Uh, I mean, Zibby had trouble holding on to the puck that game. Um, There, there was – he fanned on a couple passes. He, he had a bad giveaway. He, and he just wasn't controlling the puck very well. And I get that. Sometimes that happens too. I mean, anyone that's played hockey, you know, sometimes you go out there and it's like had a, the puck. He had a nice goal in the first that was called off. Like they tried to chip it out of the zone. He caught it, dropped yeah. it, cut to the middle, and then sniped it. I mean. But then after that, it was like he was fighting the puck the oh, whole yeah, game. Yeah, no, no. Although, like, see, that's the thing. Like, it, it was also the same thing when, like, we had problems with Galant. Like, if everyone didn't show up right, you don't start blaming each player individually. Like, after that, everyone kind of. Second period, like it was just dead. I mean, obviously, two goals disallowed, and yeah. then all of a sudden the goalie starts getting hot, and it's just like, well, screw this. I mean, like, it, it's clearly like, it, it, I mean, I'm not. I'm like, listen, if you want to be a competitive team, you always have to fight adversity. You always have to fight against momentum. You always have to try to turn it the other way. But it is and hey, they, and hey, they and hey, they did. They 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 like in the right, third in the third period. They they came they came so close to getting it within one goal several times and i th- i really believe that they would have scored that goal to put them within one i think they would have tied it up Did i think the momentum the end, though, would have swung. Like, i think it was 10 seconds left if mika didn't cut in a little bit and he stayed at that red circle that was a goal because that, that puck went right to him uh yeah and I, I bet again that was 10 seconds left so i don't, I don't think you're scoring another goal with nine seconds left uh yeah no it, it yeah but you know it, it again overall like you're gonna have games like that and it doesn't become an indictment on the team its future its prospects um i i think overall this team is so so primed with a couple of question marks for me um but but we're actually playing with structure i love the one three one i love the defensemen uh, the right defenseman getting so involved. It's fine to see because we have never it's seen this. So, oh, we've never, we've, we've never seen it. Our heads off about it, and then and Laviola comes in and says, "I'm going to give you everything you want." Yeah. Oh, it is. It's 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 a fan's wet dream, and it, it's uh, to go back to the opening night game. Uh, watching us take down and limit the chances of an offensively. Uh, stacked Buffalo team that is going to score a ton of goals this year. I mean, they scored the third most goals last year. Um, they also had like the 26 most goals scored against them, which is why they end up missing the playoffs. But that is a juggernaut offensive firepower team. They have guys that score and they are great at gen- generating even strength, five on five uh, uh, high danger chances. That's what that team excels at. And that's why that team, I think, is going to finally make the playoffs this year. And we held them to nothing. They mm-hmm. got their only their only goal was off of a deflection that ended up going right to the perfect guy who ended up making a, a extremely quick, absolute high uh, top shelf shot that went in. And that was the only real thing that they had going that, was that a, whole that game. That was the Truba block, right? Yeah, Truba blocked See, it like, and I, it kicked out. I get out. if Truba makes a bad play and people want to criticize it. But but like that type of snare, he did what you're supposed to do as oh, yeah. a defenseman. Again, it just some, was so- a bad bounce. Sometimes stuff happens, but but the you know the whole point is that it, we see that it it, it works and it, it doesn't just work against you know like if it had been reversed and we played a game like that against the Sabers and then we played you know a game like we played against the Sabers against the Blue Jackets that'd be more concerning to me. But we but we held uh, when we played our game we held a team uh, like the Sabers and maybe some fans don't realize 
that how good the Sabres actually are offensively because they've been such a crap team for so long. But that team is stacked. And you're going to, if you don't know the names of more than like Tage Thompson on that team right now, you're going to because that team is stacked. They got shooters on that team. They got playmakers on that team. And we held them to basically nothing. I mean, we quieted that arena so fast. It was like the most exciting night for Buffalo fans in what, like a decade? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was it was sold out. I mean, I've been a couple games in Buffalo now. I, I know what that stadium sounds like. And that stadium was at like a fever pitch at the very beginning. Like they were so amped up. They had their um uh right before the game too, they had their honoring of their broadcaster, RJ, who died um who died last year. And he was their play-by-play guy for he was there for Sam Rosen. Um, and he was there for 50 years. 50 years. Um and they had their dedication to him, and they have that on their sweaters this year. RJ patch on there. Um, I love RJ too. He was he was great. He was, again he was a Sam Rosen esque sort of figure, a super awesome guy, and just beloved in the community. So like the Sabers came out. I mean, just like they have a lot of hype. They missed the they missed the playoffs by one game last year. They're going to be better this year. Um, you know, they're playing an in state rival. It's first game of the season, sold out crowd honoring RJ got the patches. They could have been more hyped up and the Rangers just shut them up so quickly and so thoroughly. And if you're evaluating this team, that's the game to look at, not an aberration, like getting puck lucked in a negative way out of uh, winning the blue jackets game, which we, which we really should have won. Um, So I'm not concerned. Um, I would like to ask about the concerns that we do have going forward because I have two main ones and I, I I think you're probably the same, but I want to ask you first, uh, what are the concerns that you have for this year going forward? Injuries, really. That's it. It's injuries because you see what happens when Lindgren's out of the lineup. First of all, like I, I understand Lindgren is called the glue and I agree with that. And he, he I mean, you got to love the guy. He's a complete, he's a warrior. Absolutely. It's the fact that he's the only defensive defenseman. That's yep. the reason why things fall apart. And, and and it's not like they completely fall apart all the time. There are sometimes like Columbus, it, it was really bad puck luck, some goals taken away. It, it, it's really mainly injuries. I, I get people saying Wheeler's slow. I, I want to give it a few more weeks before I say, you know, this guy is clearly done. He He's age to a point where he can't keep up anymore i i I don't know i i'd rather see a few more weeks um injuries is really it that's really it like you got now another puck moving defenseman it it makes the difference like you see it and it is so clear i mean I don't know, maybe things will shore up maybe other concerns will shore up in the next couple weeks and then i'll be here saying those but even with the loss, it's just like adjusting to a new system takes time. Yep. Really, injuries are really it for me. Um, obviously, Lafreniere is the other one. Uh, I obviously I kept on practically uh, spamming you with texts that <laughs> Lafreniere's got that swagger. There we go. There we go. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, yeah. Second game, he didn't have that you know, swagger, but he, he would have had that assist. Like it, at least it shows, right? Like he may not, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't look bad or invisible in Columbus. No, no, either. that's the thing. He, he didn't, he don't look bad in Columbus, but that, no. that's the thing. Like as long as you, he tries, we know that he'll try to grow. Right. Yeah. Like we'll know that you have something to build off of. 
But if he's yeah. not showing up at all, then there's nothing to build off in the first place. Doesn't matter how great your potential is if you know nothing's showing up in the first place. Right. Uh, yeah. I think I know what your two concerns are, but what are they? Well, yeah. So I and I'm not ready to hit the full on panda button about Blake Wheeler yet, but I had concerns about Blake Wheeler coming in just because I know how old he is and he was, you know, he's never a fast guy to begin with. And guys, when they start, what is he? Is he 38? Thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Oh, so he's ba- he's basically my age, and let me tell you, stuff really starts to fall off the rails, and after you hit thirty-five and over, it really does. It's amazing what happens. Uh, but I won't go into my own personal stuff. But that is a concern. Now, I my hope is you, like, was like fifty miles. Yeah, but if I was, uh, it, I but can't it, bike it, a mile. <laughs> you can bike a mile anyone can bike a mile it's not that hard 50 miles isn't that crazy actually but whatever anyway uh you know but blake wheeler is uh um you know my hope was and i guess still is that um he's always been a great playmaker he's never been uh you know elite goal scorer good goal scorer he's, he's i mean i think he has like 300 goals or something like that but he's like 600 assists he's like almost double the amount of assists he's a play he's a he's a playmaker guy uh so my hope was that like okay he can play on guy you know play with you know trocek and cooley who are you know are not slow and do play aggressively um although man trocek does concern me that's like another like 2.5 concern i guess um i don't really see a whole lot uh, out of actually, him actually actually I, I didn't I did write it down. I guess that's why I didn't. I I was I, with him also. I I it just like like with Lulu, it's the concern like you could actually do something about it. But with Trochik, it's like it doesn't matter how much you're concerned about it. There's nothing you can do. No, there 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 isn't. But like uh, what I want him to do is I want him to do something. Uh, I mean, talk about being invisible. Um, he was good you know at entering like um, last year. He was really good at getting in the zone with possession. He was like, it was like last year, it was like him and Heedle were the only two guys that would actually enter the zone with possession, make a move and actually like I, I get a break. Get, be that sandpaper player we see in the middle of the ice, right in yeah. the net, in between the red dots and the offensive zone. That's what I want to see. But we're not, we're not, we're not really seeing, and like we didn't see that later last year either, which is why it concerns me again, two games in, but it's why it does concern me when I, you know, in either game, I didn't really see him doing a whole lot. I don't know why he's automatically stapled to the power play one either. I know we talked about that with Bill. I, I think, you know, either of the top two kids by that, I mean, Heedle or uh, 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 Kako, I, I think they fit in much better into that into that uh, spot that Trocek occupies. I think Trocek should go to the second power play. And honestly, I trust Laviolette right now that that might end up happening because he did put Heedle on the second line center, which I think most coaches would have put I the never veteran. Would ever imagine that this would yeah. be a reality? Like, yeah, ever. it is. It is. It, yeah, it's it's surprising, but it's it's a great surprise, and I love having it. But I, I we need to see a lot more at checks. But that's not a full on concern. That's like a half concern because I know he has that game in him. Yeah, because it just, is two I, games in. It's two games in, and 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 but you know I just I I do want to see more out of him. Um, but yeah, so Wheeler is 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 a concern for me. I, I just because I do feel like he might be too slow to be effective and to be a playmaker. Um, that said, I don't, I didn't see him in either two games making any like massive glaring mistakes. I was like, Wheeler, what are you doing? It was just like, man, that guy is struggling to keep up right now, you know, which is different. So maybe he finds his groove and that line finds its groove because Cooley's playing really well. So, um, so Wheeler is, is, is one concern. And then the other one, you know, as we've talked about several times already is, is I, I am deeply concerned about Jonathan quick. I was really concerned going to Columbus blue jackets game. 
that they were going to have quick start because it was like Chessy starts. And then obviously they're going to have Chessy start the home opener. And I was like, Oh, am I going to have to see quick get lit up uh, in Columbus? That's going to be terrible. So I'm glad that didn't happen, but then Chessy ended up getting lit up, which sucked. But um, that's my main two concerns. So I think when you're talking about a backup goalie and a third line winger, as your deepest concerns that you have at the opening of a season, that's a great place to be in. Uh, Cause those are both, I think solvable problems. You can find another goalie backup goalie and should I Wheeler one not we work. Had, one we had last year, still a free agent. He's still a free agent. Bring back a lock. I kind of want to start that on Twitter campaign of bring back a lock, but we'll, we'll give quick some time. We'll give, we'll give, we'll give him, we'll give him two and a half starts before, <laughs> before we call for his set. Um, I, 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 I think like the minute he scored, uh, he lets up a goal. I'm going to see you on Twitter post something like, ah, oh, screw this. Let's go back to a lock. No, I, I try to temper. I mean, there's a lot of tweets that I start writing and I'm like, all right, calm down, give it five minutes and see if you still want to send it. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm glad I'm not sending it. Um, but you know, again, so that's a solvable issue too. And then if Wheeler is really cooked and he can't keep up, like, Oh no, what do we do? Do we bring up Othman? <laughs> like, oh no, that would be the worst thing in the world. Like, we'd have like Kidline 2.0, you know, interesting like to try Maxim Comtois. If uh, that's how you pronounce his name, Comtois, yeah, uh huh, yeah, because he he signed, I mean, he didn't make it even on a pro- professional tryout, which is like, what he hurt his wrist or something. Because I remember he had a great rookie season, or was it a sophomore, and he just was never the same. I know he had a injury with his wrist and they said they had to take a bone out mm-hmm. i don't know but i i don't know i thought that was an interesting like one going into the going into free agency but i mean like that's the thing like we could criticize saying maybe will is too slow but it, it shouldn't be a criticism of drury's move because that was an 800k signing oh like, absolutely like, if it doesn't work if it doesn't work out that's what i mean that's that's a a third line winger problem you tried it yeah it didn't work that's it the end of the moment you can't hit them all you know, yeah, because I mean, like, and, and who knows? He maybe the, the upside does pay off that we get a cheap guy that is able to d- give a veteran presence to a team, and maybe that line figures out how to kind of play with him being a slower guy. Because I mean, Trocheck is not a slow poke, and Cooley is not a slow poke either, and they're both able to play with grit as well. And so maybe they figure out a way to kind of like lean on those assets on that line and let him kind of hang back and do what he does well. And maybe it works out to have a pretty strong third line. I could definitely see that being a possibility. And I think it's worth trying out when you have limited cap space. And then again, if it really doesn't work out at a certain point in time, it's like, all right, well then give the rookie a call. And like, then we have, you know, Othman Cooley and Trocek as a third line. And I think that'd be really exciting because those guys, I think those three guys together could really be nasty. Cause I mean, we saw it with Cooley getting, I mean, first off, congratulations to Will Cooley. I can't believe oh, yeah, we're like half an hour into podcast and saying congratulations on his first goal. And I was very glad to be Did there to see, see it. Gustafson just like chips it over. Yeah. Oh, it was great. I, that, that was like, we're not getting that last season. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think people understand, like underestimate the addition of another puck moving defenseman, offensive defenseman. Like, that yeah. makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, and, it really it, it really does. And yep. Cooley just does not wait, just snipes nope. it. Yep, he's doesn't got a wait, great shot. Doesn't wait like a couple seconds to try to settle it down. Nope. Once he just as long as he just collects on a stick, just fires it right away. Um well, speaking of if people you, going in the middle of the ice, though, Panarin is going to the net. I mean, we yeah. have the first goal. The first goal. First of all, he yeah. first goal, he goes into the zone in the middle. We don't see that often. He shoots it right away. We don't see that often. 
Then he goes to the net. We don't see that right often, right? And also, I, I saw him in Columbus hit a person. Yeah, I, yeah. I, actually, I, I legitimately yes. Like I yeah. saw him. Like, wait, did he just hit someone? I, I it's 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 very clear like, he, that he's really you know. Yeah, he's committed to 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 changing up his game. Um, and he looks and that's, great. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and that's why. It's so great to see him on a line with 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 Laffy and uh, and Heedle because it gives them the opportunity to play with a guy like that to get the confidence and to get the opportunities um, to start growing their own skills and it's like that line could end up being so deadly and not just deadly for this season but also if you get Laffy and Heedle really cooking, um, I mean that just opens up our future so massively. Oh, yeah, that so it just up the window for years. Yeah, and it's just like it's so important. So it's like it's great both for right now and also for the development to have them being able to play with a guy like that, and then to have a guy like Panarin, who has heard obviously has heard the criticism of his like game, he saw it, guarded the puck with his body, like he tried to cut more into it, and yeah. he tried to get in. He couldn't, but like that's the thing. It's not only getting into that, but now you just created more space, right, for yep. the player to come up the wall and you pass to him. Like he's not playing the like a perimeter game right now yeah and no he honestly sticks to this and doesn't go back to his old habits i i mean i think he's finally getting 100 points honestly yeah i, I, I very well could see it especially if especially if he don't laughy are, are you know able to consistently bang the puck home um from what he sets up i you know i i think that's going to be great for everyone involved and and yeah it does look to me that Maybe Panarin is serious about fixing you know, I, you know, a lot of people see that as an extreme thing, but I'm like, no, I, I think no, that it's it just should. more of a reset of mentality wise. It's just like yeah. a, a reset. And sometimes just thinking it isn't enough. You have to see something different. You have to feel something different in order to yeah. be able to say something's different. And yeah. For everyone, it's something, whatever it is, everyone has their method and that was it. Yep. And I also want to say another thing to the Columbus Blue Jackets fans um, that <laughs> booing Panarin for leaving you guys like it's four years four, ago. Yeah. yeah, it's been four years. Get over it. He didn't want to play for you anymore. That happens. Guys frequently leave uh, as yeah, free agents. Panarin, Bobrovsky, Duchesne, all of them left. Yeah. And it wasn't like he screwed you guys over and said he was going to stay or something like, no, it, like everyone knew that was going to be his last year there. Like get over it. It's such sour grapes. The Rangers in February. Yeah. It's like, get, get over Chris it. Drury, wait, not Chris Drury. Gordon literally. And I believe I, I, I don't want to, anyone to quote me on this, but I believe when he, uh, after he got fired, he remember he started working for NHL network for a little bit. I'm not sure if he said it on there or something, but it was either him or Davidson were like, yeah, we knew he was coming. We just, it was our job just not to mess it up. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it reminds me of a Jerry Seinfeld bit where he's talking about, you know, how silly fandom can be sometimes in sports where, you know, a guy that a fan base loves, you know, gets traded or moves to another team and then they come back and they boo him. It's the same person you love. So you're just basically going boo, different clothes, boo. It's like one thing if he says he's going to commit and then he bails like then and then I then I yes yes then I get the sour grapes but like this is what happens and honestly like I wish the NHL was more like the NBA where people did move around uh you know and there were a bit more blockbuster deals um I I think it'd be more interesting uh but that's in your here or there but um yeah, so that's 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 what I, I want. That's the last time I'll address any uh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets people. 
Um, I, I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast anyway, but if you do, um, you know, your team sucks. Um, your team's going to keep sucking. And, um, you know, that's all I really Will Cooley get his it. first NHL goal, by the way? I didn't see that. What do you mean? Did Will Cooley get his first NHL goal? Yeah, we were just talking about that. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Will Cooley. Um, Logan Cooley. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, did he? He might have. I didn't see that. I don't have him on any of my teams, or I wasn't playing him this week either, so I didn't I didn't see if he did or not. He no, might have. I, I was just curious because no, no, because first Buffalo, I'm like, for sure Benson is scoring. There the I and I placed a bet on it and he he didn't. I'm like, you know what? This team is different. And Van Tilly didn't yeah. score, but uh Yurichek scored. Yeah. Uh yeah, Logan Cooley didn't score. I'm, I'm definitely placing a bet on that. That's free money yeah. right there. Yeah, that would, that would be a good one. That would definitely be a good one. There's some free money being in the hand out right one, now. The same one that screwed up my fantasy team, which is place five or six goals against Tampa because I don't even like I I didn't even know who was in it until like the day before because it was his first NHL start and what I, I don't even know what league he used to play in. Like, what are they doing there? I don't know. <laughs> like they didn't even attempt to get like a, a minimum contract goalie that someone has around the league that they're willing to offer. Like they just like, do they just not care anymore? They're like, all right, we won our two Mickey Mouse cups. Let's just bail. We're out. Also, it is to see if who, who's the $9.5 million player they're going to try to trade for while Vasilevsky's out. Who, who Who's the, who's the player there? Everyone's saying, what do you mean? Vasilevsky will be back before the end of the season. No, no, no. They'll have, they'll have someone else go on LTIR before uh, he comes back. But well, Stammer didn't play today, and I don't know why. Oh, so, exactly. so, so that, that must be the replacement when Massimo comes back, right? And then when maybe. he comes back, Kucherov, and then after him is point. Is that is that? Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe they just they, they're gonna cycle it this year. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a, I think it, that's, that's a smart, smart way to play it. Yeah, I, I like not it. making yeah. it as obvious. So you got to yeah, get it's a little it's a it's a little less obvious, and then you're also not without a player for you know an extended period, one player that extended period of time. So yeah, no, I I think it's the smart play. You know, and I'd expect nothing less than from Cooper, you know, uh, you know, he's a smart guy. He's a good coach. It is kind of funny to see Tampa Bay, like finally kind of uh, falling down. Um, you know, obviously Vasilevsky is a huge loss, uh, but honestly, like he's people take so long to update their uh, opinions on players and what to expect out of them. I mean, if you need an example of that, just look at your fantasy team, but um, it's very clear that oh, uh Choco, by the way how he did he did not no, he, he, he did not though. okay all right all right so logan cooley if we're doing a uh a, a betting corner yeah we, we we like that that's a good that's a good bet to have yeah, especially because the odds i'd have because the, the odds before a guy scores a goal the odds for him to score a goal in that game on the betting apps are pretty high too so it's a nice yeah, it's those, a nice those return are the ones you really usually not yeah you should, parlays but it's the yeah. individual goal scorers that you really get it. Like I got six but tonight, but I did over six goals for my game parlay instead of over five. Cause I, I try to get that little extra, which is fair considering they were going against a first NHL, uh, a goalie playing his first NHL game at 29 I, years old. Honestly, I, I, if it would be a parlay, I, I would say Rangers win Logan Cooley with a goal. And Capococco gives its first goal. I, I, that's probably that's reasonable. Probably what I'd. Uh, that's go reasonable. With. Yeah, like, I was so mad when they called back that Hedo goal because that was such a good play. It's just like 
you can't call that off. That was too good of a play. All and honestly, play. honestly too, and this is a point that I do want to make as well, and it's not just because Rangers goals came back, but the NHL should not allow reviews of offsides. It is rare when an offsides is ever so offside and they miss it and it actually gives a real competitive advantage. The whole point of the offside was to keep like the spirit of the game right, to make sure players don't cherry pick all the time and they don't like go 10 feet away. Like that was the whole, you know, essence of our rule, right? Now, like I I get, I get, I might still lean towards um, having that coach's challenge, but I I don't know. I'm a bit back. I don't think, I I don't think so. Not, not for, not for offsides because I, I I think when, when you have to review it and you have to go and you have to, they don't even know the rule for that. So they're going to have to clarify with themselves first. That's a separate, yeah, that's a separate argument altogether and conversation altogether. But, but with offside, like I'm good with goal, like goal line reviews. I think that's fine. If you want to look at a high stick, you know, because that is a real competitive advantage to be had there, whether or not you know, Puck is play with a high stick or if a goal was kicked, I'm fine with those replays. But I hate, not only is it anticlimactic, it is so anticlimactic when a goal scores and you're like, wait, was it onside? Like, that is not fun as a fan. It's not fun to sit around and wait. And if you have to go frame by frame for five minutes to find whether or not somebody was onside the or though, not, what there's no competitive. You... What happens if they do miss a blatant offside? I, it's rare, but it does. It's so rare. Happens. Yeah, yeah, but, but what but... happens at that rare one time is a game five overtime goal in the second round. I, I, I it's so rare to me that there's ever a gl- because here's the thing is like even when there is a clear oftentimes even a clear offsides we're we're talking about a matter of like a few inches and it's not that big of a competitive advantage it really isn't like, to gain a real competitive advantage being offsides you have to be glaringly offsides and i don't think somebody misses the the, the one thing i thought would be interesting is cuz i think four refs on the ice is too many i think they should go to two refs one line official and then have a guy uh, a guy in the ceiling that has a has a mic to the line judge and that he can look at the offsides and because he's overhead he can see the lines a lot better make the better calls and have that almost like the var in, well in not soccer. necessarily because if it's like you could not see the puck because might it might be like there are two players like it's under them if that makes sense but but yeah, but there, but that happens on the ice. No, all the time I, too. I I I I get what, I get what you're saying. But it, I think I think you re, you remove you remove you still have one line judge out there. But then the onus isn't on him to always have to make that call. Right, you you have also a guy, have a person with you have, the guy starts to be like that was offsides, and he calls it offsides, and that way there's no delay or anything. He can do, but he can get it. He'll overall have a better view, I think, by being overhead. And I think that would be a better way to do it. Um, that was just an idea I had, but yeah, I just I don't like the offsides replay just because there's not there's not that big of an advantage that's being gained. Um, Honestly, almost any time it is of that tomorrow. That's actually probably yeah. a good idea. I curiosity sure. to see what people think of that. Um, yeah. I I mean honestly, like Columbus was a game where it just it was like when I said at the end there. It happens. It sucks. Move on. Because yeah, yeah, of course, when we say just move on, okay. It wasn't, you know, a game. It was just, I'm sorry, it was a bunch of bad bounces. It doesn't mean it doesn't suck, but yeah, it sucks. You have but... to move on on that. Um, yeah. I mean, this, I, I, I know you mentioned this before, but that one, three, one system. No more red carpet. No more, here you go, red carpet into the our defensive zone. Here you go, all the way, right to Shesty. Nope. And versus Columbus, though, you saw there were more of a counterattack. 
and it yeah. was more physical. So with Buffalo, with that speed, I mean, the one three one is literally designed to stop purely speedful teams. But with the more physical and the counterattack, it because it, you're not fully set with obviously the one three one outs are it's an automatic yeah. or three on three. Um, they have to work on that side of the game clearly. But you know, it, again, it wasn't really that bad, and I don't want to. I don't know how much to take out of it because it was such a rare under rare circumstances with the first period. So yeah. you don't, you know, there are so many variables that are just so unusual. And on top of that, all of them at the same time, it's just like, if you want to take out a few things to learn what to do from next time regarding, you know, learning the system, fine. Yeah. But other than that, just, just throw it in the trash. But I, but I, you know, I think even though it didn't, obviously it didn't pay off in, in terms of a win, I, I, that, that one, three, one system works so well. I think it works even well, uh, you know, in the Columbus game, because not only you, not rolling out the red carpet to invite people in the zone, but you're causing those turnovers in the neutral zone. And then when you already have basically four guys at the red line or sooner, it creates so many more odd man rushes the other way. And we're getting so many more generating and we're getting set up and generating so much more offense already in these first two games. Um, and I think that's a direct result of the one, three, one, um, we because we have, have we have bodies zone time in these two games, than probably a 10 game span over any time in the last season. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, we did so well last year. We were, we were basically, you know, a power play team. Um, that's, that was our bread and butter. Like they scored, so, yeah, they scored it, on rush chances and maybe once in a while, like that's the thing. Whenever there was actual offensive zone pressure, we always pointed out and we would talk about it for a month. That one. Yeah. Shift. Yeah. Now we literally just had it for two games straight. Yep. No, it, it makes all the difference in the world. And it's, um, and yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. I, I think Laviolette is a, is a real coach. Um, I'm sure there will be times where I disagree with his decisions. I didn't love Jones and Schneider being paired together. I thought there was a better way to arrange the the defensive pairs with with Lindgren being out. Um, I didn't love the two kids being stapled together, and I didn't love that um, Miller and Trooper were still together. I'm still not convinced that Miller and Trooper is actually the best combo to play together just because in the defensive zone with the same pressure, they do tend to have very similar, uh, flaws that don't complement each other. Um, but we'll see, maybe they can, maybe, well, especially maybe Miller can grow, uh, a little bit with his defensive IQ and, and, and we'll see, but, um, uh, but it is getting late here and my, uh, my laptop's actually about to die as well. So, uh, do you have any, uh, Predictions or thoughts for the home opener uh, tomorrow night or tonight, I guess, to the fans. Besides that Logan Cooley goal, honestly, I think they're just going to – I'm going with 5-2. 5-2. I, I think they're going to do what they did in Columbus in the third period. But obviously, Arizona's not going to have two shots on the game. But, um, yeah, I think they're just going to burn the tape. 5-2 game. I, it'd be on, interesting, honestly, to see in the next couple of weeks when other teams have like videotape on their system, what happens to the Rangers then? How do they adapt? That's my question, because that matters, obviously, in the playoffs. What is obvious? It's easy to keep everything the same when you're winning or even when you're losing. There are so many positive. But what happens when you have right. to adjust, when things aren't working yeah. out or you're on a losing streak? Then, then that's when you see someone's true colors. And Honestly, as yep, crazy as it is to say, and because I, again, I said before, Priest, listen, I'm not, it's not, I'm not saying I'm not believing Laviolette. I'm not saying I am. I've just been burnt too many times. So I'm going to wait. Honestly, he, he does deserve the benefit, as crazy as it is to say. He, he does deserve to benefit the benefit that he's going to stick to his guns. So we'll see. Um, I mean, dude's, yeah. dude's taking three, three teams to, to the cup and one to the promised land. Uh, that's, uh, 
as coaching records go, that's that's pretty damn good. And it's not like he just did that on the back of like three legendary goalies like some coaches with success have done before. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think he's got a good system. I think he's got a good hockey mind. Uh, I think he's good at motivating a team. I like what this team looks like. I'm loving the 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 team hugs at practice. Well, speaking of that, that's the one last thing I want to say. This sure. is the first time, honestly, we've seen like heart in this team since yeah. the 2022 playoffs. Yeah, I I, I think that's fair to say because like I, I know it's like you know the hugs in the practice. Like we didn't have heart like last year. Like I'm not gonna say they didn't try. Of course they tried, but it's just like it felt something was missing, and just really feels like they're on a mission this year. It really feels like this is an actual yeah. team. And I, and, I, and I feel like when you see stuff like that early on in the season, like those photos that Molly is posting, is um, is to me it shows a team is bought in, right. you know, to the to the concept. Um, and sometimes you see that with teams that get hot at the right time at the playoffs, you know, sort of thing. But it's great to see that the beginning of the year being set up that way because uh, I, I think that, that, that to me – isn't just like a oh look how much they all like each other and this is a team that's that's yeah, building and growing together. Committed. That's that's great, but to me it shows that Laviolette has the room right now, um, and that's what we need because Gallant clearly you saw, you didn't. saw the, all the block shots on the PK. Yep. the first game of the season. First base, yeah, it's so they're clear all, they bought they're in. All bought in. They're bought in absolutely, and, and and that is one of the reasons why I, I not just his previous records and everything else, and and you know a good first game. That's why I believe in, in Laviolette because it's like he clearly has it's gotten to through to the guys. Game, but it's another thing when you have everyone committed because you could lose yeah. another game. You could lose three games in a row, but you know they're committed and there's something to be had here. There's something you could improve, yep. whatever it is. Um, and that's what a, and that's what a, that's what a real coach who's literate uh, is able to um, uh, what, to what, do. What, what do you what do you mean by that, Brett? <laughs> I just mean I heard a rumor that 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 Gerard Gallant may not be fully literate. That's all I'm saying. I don't know the truth and veracity of it, uh, but you know it just wouldn't really super shock me. Um, he just he just he seems like the kind of guy that just has been going through life. You know, he was a hockey player and then he's got these jobs and maybe that's why he leaves after two years is because like he gets a letter from ownership and he's like, I don't know what this says. And then like, they ask him about it later. And then he's like, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, wait, are you not reading my, my emails? And, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, Oh, this guy can't read. We got to get rid of him." And maybe that's what's happened in all these places that he's been to. All right. On that um, note. <laughs> it's nice though. Now, like, it, like remember in January time, we were losing our minds regarding like, there's yeah. no system. There's no nothing. And now we're like, we're literally talking about the opposite, but anyway, we, we've been rambling here for almost an hour. Um, opening night. Well, one, everyone's listening to this. I'm assuming it's going to be tonight. Uh, yeah. but yeah, everyone obviously is going to be excited. Um, and yeah, the